Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. I want everybody to say with me today, rise and shine. Let's say it this way, rise up, shine. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. Now, and, and so many people already know this. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But, everybody say but. The Lord will arise over you. Wow. If we went home right now, I could just be really excited. And his glory shall be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I think I went on to verse 3. Listen to an NIV. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but... The Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We are getting ready to go to a place where nations are being drawn by the vision that God has birthed in this house. But beyond that, I want you to know, as I was meditating on this this week, we as believers... Get, let, let me tell you this. This is important. Our call to be stewards of the glory of God. Did you hear what I just said? The prophets are saying it. People in, in, the, in the stream of God are reminding the body of Christ that even though darkness is at, at, at our present time covering the earth in ways that we've never seen before, born-again believers are stewards of the glory of God. Of the presence of God. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, you know, one of the great things about Isaiah 60 that we just read is that it was written 700 years before Jesus 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah 60 was was written. But here's what I believe, and this is what I believe God spoke to me this week. We prophetically as a nation and as a world are in Isaiah 60 right now. We are in Isaiah 60. 700 years before Jesus. But I believe it is a prophetic a declaration to the church of our day. We are in Isaiah 60. He is talking to us, calling on God's church to rise up. Everybody say, rise up and shine. And here's the thing. Arise, shine is not a suggestion. It is declarative. It is a command. Rise up in the darkness of sorrow and hatred. Rise up in the gross darkness that at times covers the world. 
Because in many ways, now let me just, let me just paint a picture and, and be honest with me. In many ways, what we're seeing today can be termed the worst of times. And let me tell you, just when you think the world can't get any goofier or any crazier or any more weird, then you turn on the TV or you look at the news and you see groups and bands of adults wandering the streets like zombies looking at their phones. Wandering the streets and the parks at midnight. Trying to find Pokemon. Dear Lord, if you came here this morning looking for Pokemon, I got news for you. We have one greater than Pokemon. His name is Jesus. to wander the streets looking for Pokemon to find my satisfaction. I tell you, we've had people wandering the grounds here, seeing cars and people walking around. And listen, I am not try- I'm not a member of caves. Citizens against virtually everything. But what I'm saying is, how, how weird can we get? I mean, people are looking for something. And that is why God is saying, church, Rise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. You know, this election cycle has been vicious in this, and I don't mean to, I don't, I'm not a prophet of doom. You know me. Those of you been here that know me know how I feel and how positive I am and how I stand in faith. But I'm going to tell you, when you look out in the world, it says gross darkness will cover the earth. This election cycle has been vicious and it might get even more. You better, you better buckle up and get ready. You better get tuned into God. The bottom line is this, though. The darker the darkness, the brighter the light. Can I get a witness up in this house this morning? I said, the darker the darkness, the brighter the light. The darkness we are dealing with, listen, everybody says, well, it's this issue and it's that issue. And it's this thing and it's that thing. And if this was done and if that was done, let me tell you, until we get our hearts right, all these issues are never going to be settled. What we're talking about are heart issues. And only Jesus can change your heart. Only God can heal our hearts. But in the midst of it all, here's what God is saying, and here's what I want to get to. I'm getting there, trying to get there quick. Don't live your life in doubt and fear. Rise up. But here's the thing. A lot of people, and believers, I'm going to talk to you today. I'm going to talk to you plain. You need to hear me. A lot of people are rising up. But it didn't just say rise up. Come on. It said, rise up and shine. He says, rise up and shine. And here is what I've discovered. I almost changed the name this morning of my message. Is love reaches. Donna sang about. I mean, everything that happened in the service this morning is pointing to what God is saying. Love, tell your neighbor, love reaches. 
That's what it means to rise and shine. God is looking for people who will deliberately steward his glory, who will develop an awareness of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. God is not just joined to us and involved in our lives here on Sunday morning. He is with us 24-7 in every conversation we have. Even your conversations on Facebook. I might have to come sit and hide over here somewhere among our visitors today. Amen. Y'all might have to help me out. That's what it means to arise and shine is to develop a continual awareness of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing that we miss. Jesus lived in a time of some of the greatest political, spiritual, and religious turmoil the world has ever seen. People were pulling him in every direction trying to get him to say this and say that and trying to trick him. Look at Matthew 22, trying to get him sidetracked. Matthew 22 is one of the great instances of this, and Jesus speaks to this. He says, but when the Pharisees heard that, uh, the, uh, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they got together. One group couldn't get him, so another group got together. Then one of them, a lawyer, I won't stop there, because we got wonderful lawyers in the house. Let me clarify that. Love you, love you, love you. Amen. You're awesome. One of the lawyers asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let me tell you what Jesus was addressing. By the time Jesus came along, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had taken 10 commandments and turned them into 613. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus dealt with a culture and a mindset of, and watch this and see if it doesn't reflect our day. He dealt with a culture and a mindset of people always thinking that they can fix everything. Thinking they can fix everything. Let me tell you the greatest revelation we can get today is man can't fix this, only Jehovah God can. Man cannot fix this system. It is too broke. What's the point? The point Jesus is making, when you are in a season of darkness, when you are in a season when it looks like people are losing hope, when it seems like hatred at times is winning, what do you do? Number one, you focus on God with all of your heart. Now, I want all the believers in the house to be honest with me and think with me for just a moment. In the current stuff that's going on in our world, how many, and you don't lift your hand, just, just how many would be honest enough to say, if I was really, really to get down to it, I have allowed myself to take my eyes off of Jesus and get sidetracked and get caught up in a bunch of stuff I got no business getting caught up in and making 
I have made what is not supposed to be the main thing the main thing. Now think about it. Focus on God with all our heart. How many of us can truly say we're focused on God first and more than anything else? Ryan was talking about it. Everybody that came up, that this was the theme. This is what the Spirit of God is saying. Stewards of God's glory. Stewards of the presence of God. We're going to take this to a practical place. But he's supposed to be first. First. First in what consumes our attention. First in what consumes our focus. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. I know that you are here. Sing it. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. I know that you now, now that you know it, let's all sing it. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. I know that you are here. Lord, I'll focus on you more than I focus on politics. Lord, I'll focus on you more than I focus on money. Yes, God wants you to make money. He just doesn't want money to make you. Lord, I'll focus on you more than I focus on a job, more than I focus on living for hatred, more than I focus on myself, more than I focus on that boyfriend or that girlfriend or that husband or that wife or that relationship or all the things that are going on. Lord, you are first. I will arise and shine because your light has shone in my life. Let me be consumed first and foremost with the love of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Help me this morning. Jesus dealt with cultural chaos. He dealt with bigotry. He dealt with persecution and religious confusion. And the way he dealt with it was by saying, put first things first. Tell your neighbor, put God first. Never allow the most important things to get displaced in your life. Don't get caught up in things that take your eyes off of Jesus. Off of the word and off of the promises. Boy, let me tell you, I have a great promise to release in the house today, and I believe it's prophetic. And it's out of Psalms 125. Are you ready for it? I know there's a lot of concern and and a lot of things that are going on, but listen to Psalm 125. Those who trust in... Those who trust in... Those who trust in this party or that party... 
Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. Did you you hear that? Which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Watch this, verse 2. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and How long is forever? Somebody, forever. Verse 3. Oh, my God. And this is the verse that God just. For the scepter of wickedness. I hope somebody is getting the promise down in their spirit this morning. I declare to you, to this nation, the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Thus saith the Lord. I got a shout. Is there anybody that believes that with me this morning? Boy, that is a prophetic promise from God. Our deepest trust is not in the systems of man. It's in my almighty God. And I got a revelation for you. God doesn't need to watch the news to know what's happening. I'm not against that. I'm not against with keeping up with what's going on. But let me tell you, and this is, a, this is going to be hard. It's going to be strong. Is it all right if I say it? Somebody say, say it, preacher. The church is in trouble when we're more addicted to the, to the television news than we are the good news. We'll hide and say some of these things. What I'm saying is the church is in trouble. When we spend more time talking to our television in frustration than we do talking to God in faith. I got a deep revelation for y'all this morning. Now listen. Boy, this is deep. The television can't hear you. You can talk to it all day and all night. It can't hear you. Don't ask me how I know these things. (laughs) One exception to that rule. There's one exception to that rule. During football season, (laughs) I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there are coaches that can hear Brother Scotty talking to that TV. And let me tell you how I know, because during the season... Sorry, I'm going to get way down now. I'm getting in trouble. During the season, I'm saying, hey, Lane, Lane Kiffin, our team has a tight end. It took him 15 games to discover Alabama had a tight end. I was telling him week after week after week after week, he finally heard me. And whatever your team is, you talk to them too. Hey, Gus, why don't you run this play? 
That's the only exception. But now, seriously, folks, we sit and stew and boil and simmer and all of this stuff talking to a television who cannot hear us. And let me just say it. In a lot of cases, talking to people who really don't care. I have a direct hotline to the throne room and every believer in this house, you have a direct line to the throne room of almighty God. And I got news for you. I am not broadcasting the television news. I am broadcasting the good news. Arise and shine. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I've got a message and I've got a direct line to the throne room of almighty God. And he gave us some. Psalms 125, verse 3. Come on. In fact, let me tell you something. I am, I am tired of talking to the TV. It is time to get the message of this church on the TV. Come on, help you preach a little bit. Anybody willing to believe with me in this house? It is time to arise and shine. Everybody say love reaches. love reaches. That's what we're talking about in the house. You know, and I know what some of you are saying, Brother Scotty, we need to know the will of God. And, and how, can I, how can I know the will of God? And well, let's, let's see what the word says. Paul gave some great counsel to believers who were facing persecution, being thrown in prison, at times being tortured for their faith feeling like they were ostracized, feeling like they were left out, ungodly rulership and leadership, Paul gave them some great counsel. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, Number one, rejoice always. Rejoice if everything's going good. No? Rejoice if if you get the news you want. Rejoice at the latest survey is when you like. No, he said rejoice always. In other words, when we come in this house, we ought not to walk in here like we're coming into a week-long funeral dirge. I'm watching, and you're talking about zombies wandering. Some of the churches turned into zombies. They watch, they watch, they listen to stuff all week, hour after hour after hour, and then they wander in the church. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I got news for you. The church is the place that is filled with the good news of the glory of God. Arise, shine. Your light has come. We are going to come in here and we're going to praise God. God and we're going to rejoice and we're going to worship. He says, rejoice always. Number two, here it is, pray without ceasing. And then number three, in everything, give thanks. And then he clarifies it. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We have a choice. Instead of being dictated to by the darkness, I choose to arise and shine. I can embrace the darkness or I can embrace the glory. I can sit in the ashes and sackcloth or I can put on my garment of praise. 
Somebody say, put on the garment of praise. We are created, listen church, we are created to release the glory of God, not just in here, but out there. In praise and in worship, I'm challenging you, rise up and release the glory of God. But how do you stay on fire and not settle? How do you do that in spite of things that that may not be going the way that you think they should be? How do we go from glory and glory, from glory to glory? Let me tell you one way is to make sure that you're always in some way or another sharing with somebody else. Come on, stay connected with me and I'll, 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 I'll show you what I'm talking about. Share with somebody else. Stop sitting around and like that frog that gets put in the water and they turn it up and it just boils and boils and boils, you, eventually you're going to explode. There are things, listen, that we can do something about. And this is important, so hear me. Separate your circle of concern and your circle of influence. If you only live in your circle of concern, you will stay constantly frustrated. Circle of concern doesn't necessarily mean you can do anything about it. There are a lot of things I'm concerned about that I can't do anything about. But I have a circle of influence. Now you talking, baby. I got a place where I can let my light shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. My circle of concern in my circle of influence. Don't spend all your emotional energy on something that you can't influence. So in this verse, Jesus said, love the Lord your God, put him first. Then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Begin to reach out to somebody else. You were created by God to love him, to be loved by him, and to love others. Show some grace to people who disagree with you from time to time. And here's what I'm saying. I choose to make a difference, even if it's only to one person, coach. If I can only, if I can only make a difference for one person, bless God, I'm going to make a difference for somebody else. Now, let me bring this down and we're going to go. There are a lot of ways to rise and shine. Everybody say, rise and shine. Everybody say, love reaches. I was in a... a about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was in a, and this is unusual for me, but we had had three of our grandkids that night, and Ryan and Jackie had been ministering, and, and uh, so we ended up, we were up late, and uh, after, after, after the kids had, had just left, man, it was getting close to, it's close to 11 o'clock, that's late for me, I'm sorry, man, it's, anyway, so we had to run, I had to run the convenience store and get some, amen, and uh, so when I drove in, there was a couple of people in there, and I noticed in the store there was an African-American policeman from the city of Mobile in there. So I got in line, 
and uh, noticed him getting in line behind me, and he had some stuff. And I got up to the cash, cash, cashier, and I said, whatever he's getting, I'm paying for it. Put it, on, put it on me. He looked at me. He said, what? I said, whatever he's getting, I'm buying. And uh, didn't say much. I turned around, and, and the cashier, cashier, uh, cashier looked at him and said, yours is already paid for. He looked at me, bless his heart, and just the look on his face. And now, I, policemen don't hug, so, you know, that wasn't about to go down in there on that. I said, I love you and I appreciate you and thank you for all that you do. Small thing, small thing, small, small thing. What are you saying? I'm saying, buy a meal for somebody, a first responder or, or somebody who stands in the gap, those that show up and do things that... You know, when trouble's breaking out, instead of running away, they run to, to try to help. By, be an example. Amen. Not only that, but I'm going to tell you, I'm, I want to pray over all the teachers today. You are in such an awesome place and in t- such an awesome season right now. You have been raised up for such a time as this. And I want to tell you, there are some difference makers and world changers. You, all you hear is about all this other stuff that's going on. Let me tell you, there are people who are constantly laying themselves out there day after day after day to influence the lives of our young people. And we need to thank God for them. Love you guys. Appreciate you. You mean so much. Let me show you a picture. So you don't see things like this. Guys, if you got that picture I sent you up there, I'm sure I'm... You see that? You know what's going on there? That is a prayer meeting in a neighboring county where the local authorities, school authorities, leaders in the community got together and got down on their knees and prayed for the school year for their school system. Man, I looked at that. I had chill bumps all all over me. And and one of the leaders and ladies in this house is in this house who who is out there. and, And those that are with them, my God, You and I have something we can do to let our light shine. Somebody say, rise and shine. shine. You hear about all these other things that are going on. I'm telling you, in spite of what you're hearing, God is up to something big. Pray. What am I saying? I'm saying take take opportunities like that to pray. I'm sorry I'm not going to be here, but... Uh, there's a community prayer gathering this, this week. Uh, somebody had gotten in touch with me about, and I'm, I'm saying more than I know here, but it's, I think it's at Westmobile Baptist, and a, it's an interdenominational thing, and they're gathering. I'm not sure what day it is. You can find out. But I, I knew it was when I was going to be in Latvia that they're praying for the community, praying for things that are going on. Take some time to pray. And here's what I want to challenge you and I to do. You know, we don't have to necessarily organize this on a huge way. Do some prayer walks. Instead of walking around looking for Pokemon. You know what? Somebody ought to start that. You know, where you have to take your phone, go somewhere, and then you get your prayer assignment when you get... Man, that's a God idea. I don't know how to develop that. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, you're walking down your street and you're praying. 
Listen, get some prayer walks going. Walk up and down your street. Walk up and down. Take some time and just drive through neighborhoods, through our city. I know there are people that are organizing that and getting it together. But, you know, whether or not we do it together or separately, what I'm saying is let your light shine and get out. The Bible says pray without ceasing. So that means we need to be doing some praying. Let those flags wave that we have uh, uh, tied into in the house. But listen, get out and pray. As you saw there, what a great example. Not only that, but how do you let your light sign? Use the gifts that you have. I saw a, 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 a news clip this week, which is powerful. And uh, it's, uh, you're going to see uh, in this news clip people who are using their gifts to make a difference. And uh, Jonathan Braswell, who is the youngest son of Brother Dick and Sister Pat, is using his degree to make a difference in the city of Mobile. So I want you to watch this clip. And uh, toward the end of it, you're going to see a couple of people in the background you're going to recognize. So we're talking about making a difference. Let's, let's watch that video clip. It's hard to think of anything good that can come out of serving time in the metro jail. But for five inmates, what started out as a low point in their lives turned into an education. News 5's Emily DeVoe works on the latest graduates of the jail's GED program. For inmate Zawaya Atkins, earning a GED means hope for a better future. It's very encouraging, making you want to continue to push forward. And no one's prouder than her mom and grandma who flew from Michigan to be here for a day they never imagined would come. Today is a day that I dreamed and prayed for many days because I know my daughter. I know my daughter's hurt. And I'm excited. She proved herself today. A graduation ceremony that's unique, to say the least. Five inmates at Metro, dressed in cap and gowns, parade through the jail to an eruption of cheers, many of them feeling purpose for the first time in their lives. It's meant a lot more this last month than it ever has my entire life because just here today, that, like I said, there are opportunities for me out there, and so I never really thought I would have that. They're the latest of nearly 200 graduates who have earned diplomas over the last seven years, a program that's run completely by volunteers and one that Warden Trey Oliver says makes a world of difference. Whenever inmates are in the GED program, without exception, they make better inmates. We think when they get out with this GED, they'll be a lot less likely to come back. And that's something everyone here is hopeful for. A better life on the outside. In Mobile, Emily DeVoe, News 5. So far, 176 inmates have earned their GEDs through the program, and only 20 have returned to jail. Hey, John, are you here, bud? Come here, man. Stand up. See that guy right there? We love you, buddy. We're proud of you. About to cry, man. Rise, shine. Get out of your comfort zone socially. Lead a small group. Open your home for a small group study. Go with our our people to the women's homeless shelter and fix a meal for them. Go to the Ronald McDonald house and feed those who are are here dealing, who who have children that are sick. I'm just saying, folks, join Christ in action. 
and go out. Who, who, and, and what they do is we have a local chapter here in our church, and they go and sacrifice time and, and, and minister in disaster areas. Encourage, just simply encourage somebody else. You have the glory of God on the inside of you. I am encouraging you today, rise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Somebody say, love reaches. reaches. Somebody say, love reaches out. out. I'm ready. I'm I'm going for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.